Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Guys being dudes. Whoa. 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 Yeah. Whoa. What you call an icon living? Start a record label, Miss Fish just did it. Nylon, couple five minutes. Whoa, we are too hot in the business. About to make a movie independent. Need new trucks independent. I need you to listen to the vision. All your verses sound like dirty dishes. I'm about to clean them in the kitchen. And we making money by the minute. I'm about to do a way different. I am just an icon living. I am just an icon living. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Trap Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports. Joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It is a Wednesday, the 3rd of January, 2018. And we are here to talk about some underclassmen and some other football-related items. Uh, as we do for you three times a week, all year round. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Normally, we uh, we hit you with the request to subscribe at the end of the podcast. Today, I'm asking you to do it first. So if you haven't hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do it. It's draft season. 20 teams are no longer playing football this season. And if you're one of the a fan of one of those teams or one of the 12 that made the playoffs, hit the subscribe button so you know what's going on with the NFL draft going forward and for the entire year. Kyle, what's going on, dude? Welcome to the show. Joe, I love this because 
now, that's one less thing I have to worry about at the end of the show. So, you know, I'm really thankful. I do, I do want to express my gratitude, and I want to echo your sentiments where, absolutely, why would you not subscribe to the Draft Dudes podcast? Scientists guys being dudes. Yeah, they, there's, there's no answer for that. There's no answer for that. There's, there's no good answer for that. Man, I've been driving so much. I've listened to so many podcasts. And, and so uh, what else are you doing when you're driving? I mean, you can only listen to the same songs, you know, over and over again. Get us get us in your ears three times a week. Yeah, that's uh, – your end of the year was like my beginning of the year. Jesus. How was, how was your first year on the road as a whole, Joe? 14 credentialed trips, man. Uh, it, it was awesome, man. There's, you know what? Uh, uh, you wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, being in the box, being there with NFL personnel and, and plugged-in people from these universities, having a chance to be around the players and coaches and get firsthand information and, and see games unfold with, uh, with the bird's-eye view of all 22 players and just having a feel for everything, man. I feel as good as I ever have at the end of a college football season in terms of my knowledge of the players, in terms of my knowledge of the game, and, uh, and some of the, uh, the I guess, quote-unquote insider stuff that I've picked up along the way. So, uh, man, I'm already peeking at next year's schedule trying to put my, uh, my itinerary together. But, uh, man, there's there's – you know, if you're trying to do what we do, there, there's and there's no substitute for being in the press box. Amen. You know, it's uh, yeah. Between the two of us, we almost did 30 games. You and I, if you count Roger Dixon, we did 30 games as a, as a team with NET scouting. So that's uh, it's uh, almost an average of of two a week, which is one hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, when you you really stop and think about you know, the the national scope that we covered, which is you know it's. It's great. It's fun. And, I, and I'm really happy for you as a guy who is in the heart of it all. Yeah. You know, ACC, SEC, kind of that overlap there. You're, you're in the hotbed and seeing you take advantage of it and drive to that darn stadium three times to watch football games. Plus, did you go for an NFL game as well? Yeah, did the Bills-Falcons. And my first game next year oh, will be there. It's going to be Washington and Auburn uh, week one. So Unbelievable. Yeah, no, me and me and Mercedes Benz are really good friends, man. That stadium is something else. I'm, I'm kind of like getting, you know, to know some of the staff there. You know, I, I, it's it's uh, friggin' Taj Mahal of where to watch a football game, and I am very very happy to uh, to be in good standing with the folks at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Kyle, we are uh, we're coming up on this NFL draft. This thing we talk about all year round, 112 days away from it. And uh, my number today is, is of course, 112, uh, which is the record, the NFL record for the most passes attempted in a game by both teams combined. 112, it was done November 13th, 1994. The New England Patriots and Minnesota Vikings played. And uh, Warren Moon, the quarterback of the Vikings, 42 passing attempts. Drew Bledsoe, quarterback of the New England Patriots, 70 passing attempts. In a 26-20 uh, win, for the Patriots, 112. I mean, that's that's like uh, vintage Big 12 in an NFL game in, in the early 90s. 112 passing yeah. attempts in the game, man. The only thing you're missing is like an extra 50 points for it to be a Big 12 game. <laughs> right. <That's... laughs> I, I said this to you in the pre-show. How do you attempt 70 passes and finish the game with 26 points? How, do you, how does anyone come to the point where their play calling dictates 70 pass attempts to begin with? 
unless you're Mike Leach and everything's a three-yard pass. It's like pretty, that's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, right. And, and so if you look at the breakdown here, Patriots threw the ball 70 times, and they ran the ball 12. <laughs> at least the Vikings had some balance, 34 pass, or 42 passing attempts for uh, Warren Moon, and then they had actually 26, excuse me, 31 rushes. Uh, uh, Terry Allen, 23. Robert Smith, five rushes in that game, and then uh, Warren Smith, Warren Moon had three. So uh, this would be a weird. I mean, this football game was before its time. You know, that's that's what I could say about it. Oh, you mean the Robert Smith, the, like the one that was there, like late 90s when the, when Minnesota went 15 and won that Robert Smith. Yeah, Kadri Ismail, he caught. Uh, oh yeah, man, four passes. Ben Coates, remember him? He, ben Coates. How can I forget Ben Coates? Uh, ten receptions. The the uh, Patriots had three receivers with uh, at least ten receptions. Ben Coates, That's Ben Coates, stupid. Michael Thompson, and Leroy Thompson. Uh, just That's stupid. Just crazy. <laughs> Joe, should we should we raise our glasses? Let's do it. First of all, let's raise our glasses and pour one out for uh, Drew Bledsoe. Seventy pass attempts, twenty six points. So. <laughs> Not your proudest moment, sure. Um, but yeah, what I want to pour one out, and we're getting into some segment overlap here. But I have to pour one out for the Washington State interior offensive line. And if you check my Twitter timeline on uh, New Year's Day before the college football playoff games, you will understand why. I watched one Vita Via, which is a, a player we're going to be talking about here on the show in just a little bit. But this man robbed every single one of the interior offensive linemen on the Washington State Cougars of all dignity that they had. Like, it's so bad, I think you could sit those three guys down in a room and put on Disney's Moana, and they'd have PTSD. From a big South Pacific guy with long black hair, uh, just running train on guys. Like, he punched every single one of these guys directly in the mouth, reset the line of scrimmage, uh, bowled them back into the quarterback. Uh, some of the most terrific interior offensive line handwork as far as shedding contact. You know, we talked about Taven Bryan, Joe, a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, Taven has better length in getting into his fits. Vita Via just, you know, he is... Do you remember Hayoli Kihaha mm-hmm. from Washington a couple years ago? It's the interior offense or interior defensive line version of that, where everything it's just constant movement, fluidity, and just playing off of his own counters. And it, guys can put a hand on him, and he just ran circles around these guys, and punched them in the mouth, and was throwing guys to the ground. Oh, a li- even Stanford, you know, the game that I watched after that, uh, he's clubbing guys. Uh, as like an arm hump to come back across their face, and he's knocking guys on their ass. It's like, who does that? So I, I want to raise a glass and pour one out for, let's let's call it Pac-12 into your offensive lineman for having to try and block this guy this year because whew, didn't go well. Kyle, my pour one out is probably pretty predictable on the heels of what we witnessed on Sunday afternoon. And uh, if you'll raise your glass high as you can, Mr. Krabs, I'm pouring one out for the Buffalo Bills playoff drought of 17 years that is now over. 
it is the most uh, relieving thing I've probably experienced in sports. I, I am a, as big of a Buffalo Bills fan as you will find. And uh, for this to no longer be associated uh, with Buffalo moving forward, that this playoff drought is not something we have to talk about moving forward. Every damn time I had to write about the Bills or talk about the Bills, it's this friggin' thing that just couldn't stop coming up. Oh, you know, is it going to reach 18 years? And uh, and we have to get its voter registration card ready. And that we got to worry about it smoking cigarettes because now it's 18 years old. It never made it that far. Sean McDermott in year one as the Buffalo Bills head coach when they were accused of tanking early in the season, parting with the likes of Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby in exchange for draft picks. We let Marcel Darius go for a sixth-round pick in the middle of the year. We had an unprovoked quarterback controversy, but still this team finds a way to, look, I'm not going to overlook it. They backdoored into the playoffs. They went 9-7 and seven and got in in a bad AFC, uh, you know, collective bad AFC. I don't give a, all right, bleep it out. But here's the deal. The thing is over. Didn't reach 18 years. Buffalo Bills are a playoff team, and I am a happy man. So pouring one out for this Buffalo Bills playoff drought that no longer exists. You know, Kyle? Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? No, you've been sour. I dozed off there for a second. I know this has been hard for you. You've been a little sour the last few days. You know, I I think he's taking some jabs at me. I'm letting him slide. I'm not going to let you get me down. Taking some jabs at what? What what am I jabbing? You guys made the playoffs. I congratulated you multiple occasions. I know, but I wanted more. I want, I mean... What do you want? You you want to celebrate your twenty-eight to ten loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend? Is that what you want? To, I, you know what? I've never cared less about. about. I mean, look. I, obviously, I want the Bills to win on Sunday against the Jaguars. But you know what? Damn it! <laughs> if I don't expect them to compete well, Jacksonville's a dominant uh, rushing attack, and the Buffalo Bills couldn't stop uh, you know the Washington State Cougars the football. football. So you know, I don't expect much oh, on no. Sunday. But oh, damn, no. the friggin' streak is over. <laughs> I don't have a lot of respect yeah, for the Bills. It's a nice relationship. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> That's what happens when you trade uh, trade Marcel Darius for a six round pick. Yeah, it's about the process. We trusted it, and uh, you know, we look. We, we I know that the, the trust the process is really oh, a Lord. Philadelphia 76ers thing, but uh, you know, we we trusted that process, and we got the the playoffs a little quicker than the Sixers. Well, first of all, don't take shots at the Sixers. Yeah. Second of all. The big part of the process is you got capitalized on your draft capital now. So don't trust the process just yet. you got to see where they go and who they bring in because that's all part of the process. I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm two first-round picks. They're both in the 20s. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills future Yeah, Miami picks 11th, pick. by the way. Yeah, yeah. My, Miami picks 11th. You're a good football player. Go out draft Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna happen. No, it's not gonna happen. I know. Guy can dream. Leave me alone. So let's let's process some of these underclassmen, Joe. We got a uh, we got some time here on the show. Probably about 10, 15 minutes. Really dig into uh, the guys who have announced they are entering the draft early. Uh, there's forty seven names as of this recording time. Some pretty prominent names, a, a, a lot of Power 5 kids, uh, some small school kids as well. It's an interesting blend. There's some specialists. Uh, who would have thought we'd have a kicker and a punter already in the pool? Um, but, Joe, I think 
if I'm looking through this this group of household names, and you know, obviously we we talked a couple weeks ago about um, Derwin James and Connor Williams, you know, some of the, the high profile guys that had already declared. Um, Saquon Barkley for me, you know, I just want to touch briefly on him because Saquon, Saquon is going to get a lot of pushback from say, like Cleveland fans um, because they think running backs are a dime a dozen. So before the the Josh Rosen and Josh Allen thing kind of bubbled up where Cleveland's going to be taking a quarterback at one, um, please take Josh Rosen. Please don't take Josh Allen at number one. Um, Saquon, you, you saw a lot of Cleveland fans that pushed back on the idea of, of a running back with the first overall pick. But I'm telling you, he is something else. His, his physical skill set, the personality and character that he brings to a locker room, the durability that he's had to this point in his career, at that size, with that explosiveness, and the film of if you give the guy one daggum hole, he's going to hit it, and he's going to gash you. And he makes these explosive plays each and every week, uh, playing against an offensive line that did not do him many favors all year. Uh, if your team is selecting in the top five and Saquon Barkley's name comes up throughout this pre-draft process, don't fight it. Just let it be because he would be an excellent addition to any of the 32 teams' uh, locker rooms in the NFL. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting because I, I, I have a lot of work to do. But uh, to, for me, Joe Marino, to have a running back number one on my board will be interesting. We'll find out if it happens. Uh, Kyle, let's, let's keep talking about running backs here. I want to talk about Carrion Johnson, the Auburn running back, who uh, I got a chance to see in person at the Peach Bowl. Auburn lost to Central Florida. And, um, you know, I watched him closely in pregame and, and just kind of get a feel for the way he moves and started watching his football game. And, I, uh, you know, we kind of have this ongoing group chat between our staff, all seven of us, and I just said, does anybody here like Carrion Johnson? And, and, you know, not to kind of disclose too much of that conversation, but there was no fans <laughs> in our staff. And I just said, man, this guy looks stiff. And so – just kind of focus on him throughout the entire game. And, and I, I just was continued to be confirmed that this is a really tight, stiff dude. He runs upright. He doesn't have a lot of juice or burst. Uh, I don't think he can, you know, really be a threat to push the boundary or get off tackle at the next level. Uh, I think he's a gap runner that has pretty good balance and contact power and the ability to kind of challenge tacklers with physicality. But, you know, I'm not like super – excited about him as, a, as, a, as an NFL player and, and, you know, what he's going to be able to do in terms of, you know, being a true workhorse that has multi-faceted uh, skill set that can play on every down. You know, I don't, I don't see that. And there's some of our colleagues out there that, you know, have a, a high opinion of him right now, you know, kind of in their top 50, top 32 players. And, and so I don't, I don't, I'm telling you right now, he's not going to score that way for me. I think he's a he's a pretty underwhelming talent. He's he's a niche guy, and I, I guess I kind of get it for running backs, right? I mean, like, he, he, you strike while the iron's hot. He had a pretty good season here at Auburn, and, and you know, you're, it's a it's a wear and tear position, and, and all those types of things. So I, I understand it for a running back. I, I kind of want to take the opportunity to talk about Johnson as a prospect more so than criticize his decision. 
But, um, you know, I don't see a lot of appeal with Johnson, and he's a, he's a name that I think uh, people know about. He's a household name, and, and uh, there's some fans right now. But I think once more and more people get their eyes on his film, they'll be a little bit underwhelmed by uh, the skill set that he offers. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Okay, so I promise this is the last running back I'm going to talk about. But can we talk a little bit about John Kelly? Please. John Kelly, my goodness. Um, this is another Tennessee running back who, who got probably half the touches that he should have throughout the course of this season. Um, Kelly is a – he runs angry. Like he, he tries to – if you come head up with John Kelly in the hole, he's going to try and put – his face mask directly into your numbers and run you over. And then the next snap, you're going to get the same exact look and he's going to cut you out of your jock where he's got really springy lateral steps. He's got tremendous balance. Something that really stood out about him is he absorbs contact and then proceeds from there to contort his body off of that contact and continue that forward momentum. And we've seen him hurdle grown men, from a dead sprint, we've seen him making lateral cuts. I, I think he's a home run as far as if you want to project him into a an outside zone or an inside zone. I think a zone for him would really help to amplify how effective he is uh, reacting to an open lane with his foot quickness and how hard he's really able to uh, – drive on that first step. I think that's one of the most prominent things about him. I think this is a three down player personally. You know, I, I watch you watch the touches that he gets, which aren't the most prominent as far as volume. Uh, this is, this is a guy that averaged 11 touches per game in his college career, 12 starts, 33 games played. Uh, he's, he is something else as far as the versatility he can attack defenders with trying to maximize yardage. Joe, uh, I know you're a big Shady McCoy fan. I think there's some similarities here between the two as far as the versatility as ball carriers that that both of these guys bring to the table. That's an interesting uh, comp. It's not one I've considered, but um, uh, I do like it. I do like it. Let me talk here about Ohio State cornerback Denzel Ward, uh, who declared for the NFL draft. He, he sat out the, uh, the bowl game against USC. Would have loved to see him in that game, but uh, you know he, he opted not to play, and that's becoming a more 
more and more popular choice among some of the more prominent prospects, and I understand it. Uh, he's a good football player, man. I immediately took the opportunity to dig into his tape. Um, and I know that you and I both agree that there's a lot of parallels here to Jason Verrett, the uh, super talented cornerback for the Chargers uh, out of TCU. And uh, Ward has really nice man coverage ability. You know, his his feet are really tremendous. He operates from a balanced base, uh, very rarely commits a false step. He's just smooth and fluid in, in all of his motions. Wherever direction he needs a break, he's really clean with it. And uh, he's just really instinctive, I guess, is the word I want to use in terms of mirroring patterns, right? He's just got that, the, the requisite mobility and the anticipation skills to just remain in phase and be sticky down the field in coverage. Um, he's a physical dude, and he's not very big. I think he's listed at like 5'11", 190, or 5'10", 190, something, like, something in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- that doesn't stop him from hitting, and I, I don't think he's going to be somebody who has a lot of success in press man type situations, but like, you know, what I'm talking about as a tackler or, or, you know, being physical at the catch point or whenever he's uh, in has to deal with physical uh, receivers at the top of their routes. Like he holds his own pretty well in those situations, and he's not afraid to come downhill and, 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 and tackle somebody. So you like that, that competitive nature out of a corner and the willingness to be physical. Um, what's interesting about him, you know, I see him going in the top ten in a lot of mock drafts right now, and, um, you know, I, I don't know that he's going to be a fit for everyone. You know, he's not going to be that long – you know, really that cover three type corner. Uh, he's really uh, kind of a man guy. And if you watch him, you think maybe he's even better suited to play inside. Um, so and the other thing about him is that he's only a one-year starter. Now, he's still played a lot over the last couple seasons. you got to think this is a, a team that had you know, Gary and Connolly and Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. It's it's hard to, to be, you know, really getting in that starting lineup with those kind of guys on the outside. But, you know, he does have a limited sample size in terms of his production. Um so, you know, size and not being universal scheme fit com- combined with, you know, limited experience does work against him. So I'm not sure he's going to be a top 10 talent. Um, but, man, this guy can play and, and uh, was really impressed with this film. Yeah, I think you're dead on as far as uh, the questions and concerns that may limit him as far as his ceiling. And the, the biggest thing for me, and it's the same thing you saw with, with Verrett, is both of these guys – when they want to, hit like a ton of bricks, right? Like they, they plant and drive. If there's a route that's broken off in front of their face and they click and close and they really close that ground in a very short amount of time thanks to, you know, the explosiveness and their, their foot speed, but they aren't built to hit like that. These aren't guys. It's like their, their body almost betrays them in the long haul if you see durability issues come up with a player like this because it, your body – isn't meant to play with the physicality that your brain and, and your instincts tell you to. And, and that seems to be one of the biggest things for, for Jason Verrett, where you know he's, he's really struggled with, with durability. And some of that has just been like freak stuff out in space, but some of that has also been, you know, he boomed to you. And for Denzel Ward, I think the this areas that I saw him play with the best physicality wasn't necessarily the run game, wasn't getting off blocks on the boundary and being a D-gap defender. It was short route in front of his place. He's playing bail technique or he's playing off-hand coverage, and the receiver flips his eyes back in for the football, and he's got a chance to drive on that throw. And, and that's when I mean, heavy collisions. We, everybody saw the play where Ward got kicked out for quote-unquote targeting that wasn't targeting earlier this year, 
That's a perfect example of the kind of play that that's where he really booms you. And I like that component of his game, but it does, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it scares some people a little bit because you know, he at 5'10", 190, I think is what he's listed at. He better come in damn close to that if he doesn't, doesn't want to have some serious questions throughout the draft evaluation process. Joe, I promise we talk about Vita Villa. I'll keep it short because I already raved about his abuse of Pac-12 interior offensive linemen earlier this year. Um, I don't. I don't have a comp for him yet. I don't know a comp for him yet. He's big. He's what people wanted Danny Shelton to be. You know, when people talked about Danny Shelton as top twenty, top twenty-five type pick in that twenty fifteen draft, he's so much more developed with his hands. And the handwork was something that I didn't necessarily see as a glaring positive in his game entering this year. But via, uh, man, you you get him in a head-up situation and you are tasked with preventing him from getting past you. And it's one-on-one, you're going to lose a lot of reps. With that said, this is not a player that's, that's without some limitations. I don't think he's a two-gap defender at all, which is really odd because you look at his build, he's listed like, 6'5", 330, 340, somewhere in that ballpark. He doesn't have great length. And that length really betrays him when he tries to lock horns and, and get a good, firm run fit uh, in run game and trying to stack that block and then disengage. And then the other thing that's a limitation for him is the lateral mobility is not nearly as strong as the linear burst and that forward momentum. He's got to have his hips and his pads align the direction that he's heading if he's going to move with quickness. Some of that's because of his weight. Some of that's also because of his size at 6'5". You've got to really loose hips if you're going to pivot like that and get width. So you'll see him in some instances, he uncovered in a hole, and then the back cuts and takes the next hole over. And even if he's unoccupied, he has trouble sliding down the line of scrimmage. So this is somebody... You know, you hear six five three forty. It's like, oh, great, let's plug him in at nose tackle. No, I, I think you're really selling him short, and you're setting him up for failure for put him at nose tackle. I think his best area for success is as a single gap penetration defender, where he tell get to the mesh point and get out of his way because he's a he's a locomotive once he gets it going. Cal, you just talked about Vita Via, who you said abuses. Offensive lineman. Well, I've got an offensive lineman here that abuses defensive linemen. I think we know, we all know who I'm uh, alluding to, and that is none other than Notre Dame guard Quentin Nelson, who uh, is the type of guard prospect that just kind of, kind of, when you watch him, your your mouth drops. I mean, he's just he's just tremendous. Uh, his ability to establish his hands uncoil his hips and accelerate his feet and put people on their back over and over again is just some of the most dominant stuff I've ever seen watching an offensive line play. Uh, I I think you watch this dude and and like you think about him just in drive block situations, the way that he can just leverage his hips and just blow people out of gaps is special, man. It's rare. Uh, He's got 
really nice mobility as a pass blocker. Uh, I mean, you've seen some of the, the clips where his IQ is on, on display and he picks up and diagnoses, splits, splits her some distances and, and, and even works across the formation at times and, and shuts guys down. I mean, this dude is aware, he's powerful, he's mobile, and he's got this tenacity and mean streak in him that is kind of like unmatched in any offensive lineman I've seen. And so, you know, it's it's not often that, like, people rave about interior offensive linemen, but Quentin Nelson demands that type of attention because he's like he's that special. Uh, so we're talking about a, a top-of-the-first-round type guard, uh, and that's because Quentin Nelson is that special. So he, he made his declaration to the NFL draft, which came as no surprise, and um, someone, whoever is lucky to get this dude on their team, he's going to be – uh, just an ass kicker in the NFL and, and a guy that I can't wait to watch play at the next level. Please tell me you saw the teabag against LSU. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Holy Lord, man. He's a I mean, man. It, was, it was the violence in which he th- discarded that grown man, <laughs> threw him to the ground, and then just dropped right on top of him. Like, usually, like, you'd lay belly down on him. No, he just took a knee on his face. <laughs> it was just—it it was a perfect embodiment of, of what you're getting in this package, He's right? Oh my goodness, uh, Joe! I got a couple quick word associations that I want to get out of the way. As far as I read names, I have thoughts, and then I'll give the floor to you for any parting thoughts that you may have before we wrap up today. Um, I got to start with Holton Hill, corner from Texas, strong tackler. One of the better tackling defensive backs that that I've looked at so far throughout the course of this season. Really, really like the the patience when he's head up with a ball carrier and ability to kind of come to balance and let that ball carrier make the first move. Mark Walton running back from Miami. I know I lied. I said I wasn't going to talk about any more running backs. Mark Walton running back Miami. I think his best trait is as a change of pace back with a receiving upside that said, he has nice patience in between the tackles where he can make the most of some runs in that area. So I wouldn't sell him short and say he can't be an every down back. I just think if you want to get the most out of him, you want to keep him fresh, you're getting him 10 to 15 touches a game. You know, probably two-thirds of that is carries, some outside zone stuff, uh, and the rest of that is re- receptions and targets and, and kick returns. And my last one is Dalton Schultz tight end from Stanford. Stanford is T-E-U. They are consistently pumping really good tight end prospects. Our national scout, Roger Dixon, named Dalton Schultz as his preseason all-draft eligible tight end. He's a really good player. He's got a nice receiving upside. That's a name to watch. Kyle, uh, no, I think that's a com- comprehensive uh, examination of, of the of the big names here. And there's a lot of guys got to learn. A lot of guys we've been kind of teased on uh, over the last couple of weeks, and guys at the Claire and people tell us to uh, get our eyes on. So a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, up on these guys. But a nice little uh, preview here of, of some of the more prominent names so far. Yes, it could be a good class. And that's one, one sentiment that I've, I've heard some throughout the fall is that the, some of our contemporaries aren't enamored with this class. Don't count me in that group. I like this class. I like a lot of kids in this class. I think this can be a really gifted class. And we're not done. We're probably going to see that 47 underclassmen get close to doubling if it doesn't double altogether. So uh, something to monitor. The, the declaration deadline is 12, uh, 13 days away. I'm sorry, 12 days away. 
It's the uh, the fifteenth. So everybody's got to have their name signed by the fifteenth. This list is going to grow, and it's going to grow a lot. So don't be surprised if we do this show concept again closer to the middle of the month, right before the Senior Bowl. And why miss it? So I know Joe told you to at the beginning of the show, but hit that subscribe button. Follow along with the draft, dudes. We are really just kicking off. We still have the national championship game yet to play. We still have the FCF championship still yet to play. But other than that, you know, we're really kicking off the draft process here. Uh, Joe and I are continuing to grow and expand our working knowledge of the entire class, seniors, underclassmen, as they declare. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of great content for you guys. We're getting up on the Senior Bowl. We're less than three full weeks away from the Senior Bowl uh, beginning, which is very exciting. Uh, so we'll do some nice content for you guys throughout that as well. Joe, hopefully we don't run into any walls of rain on our drive down from Charlotte this year. We'll have to throw that up on, on Twitter um, in the, the coming days uh, so you guys can understand that reference. If you weren't following us at this time last year, uh, you can follow Joe at the Joe Marino. I am at NDT Scouting. NDT Scouting also has its own Twitter page at NDT Scouting LLC. Be sure to swing over to FanRag Sports and NDTScouting.com. Check out all of Joe and I's latest and greatest. We were putting stuff out probably between the two of us, 10-plus articles a week. So lots of content, lots of podcasts, all great stuff for you guys that are trying to keep up with the NFL, college football, and the NFL draft. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast, and we will talk to you all on Friday. the high fashion hotline hi my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction rock over to old navy old navy yep right now get up to 50 percent off jeans from 15 bucks for adults 10 bucks for kids at old navy and old navy.com up to 50 percent off jeans for the family that's music to my ears plus now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online pick up in store it's fun fast and free styles that take center stage and free pickup in store when i buy online old navy here we come high fashion old navy about 720 to 729 select styles only what does your more Morning sound like. Goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.